You may be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the gospel reading of Mark chapter 2, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, now last week we found Jesus standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and it is here that he met some fishermen, who then he called to be fishers of men. And we had talked about how, depending on your part of the world, the Sea of Galilee would be called by a different name. So Jesus and his disciples were likely by Gennesaret when he went fishing with Peter. And in the Gospel of John, you see that it's also given the name the Sea of Tiberias, which means that they had probably been close to the city of Tiberias. Same body of water, different name to different people. Today, we find ourselves less than five kilometers from Gennesaret as Jesus goes out beside the sea. Now, the beginning of our reading doesn't tell us where he is, but all we have to do is go to the beginning of this chapter of Mark to find out that Jesus is in Capernaum. Now, what you also may notice is that Mark says Jesus is at home. Now, while we typically don't see Jesus as a homeowner, that doesn't mean that he didn't have a place where he often returned to, a place where he kept his extra set of clothes, his carpenter tools, and his toothbrush even. And that place is Capernaum. We know him as Jesus of Nazareth, because that's where he originally came from, but he goes and lives in Capernaum as well, as even Matthew tells us. Now, as we journey with Jesus by the sea, it brings up some really good memories for me having visited places like Capernaum when I was in Israel, which you can see today as you enter the town, it's called the town of Jesus. And Capernaum is right there on the Sea of Galilee, just down the road from Gennesaret. And it's also the home to another disciple, as you might know, that being the disciple we heard called by Jesus in last week's reading, Peter. We know this because Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law at Peter's house, which was in Capernaum. And last week, Pastor Brad talked about how Jesus changed Peter and the course of his life and those others, other disciples that he called so that they could go and then change the lives of others. This week is no different. As we see Jesus go out by the sea and he is teaching the crowd— and as he's doing so, he passes by Levi, the tax collector, sitting at his tax booth, and he calls him to come follow him. And Levi got up and followed Jesus immediately. And I think that this is where the story gets interesting. But it's the story that we don't hear, that the authors don't tell us about, and that makes it interesting. And so today we're going to be doing some filling in the blanks with these five verses of Mark chapter 2. Jesus calls Levi, who we know more famously as Matthew, the tax collector and the author of the Gospel of Matthew. And the next verse tells us that they are at Matthew's house. 
and there are many tax collectors sit and sinners eating with Jesus and his disciples who for sure at this point those disciples would be at the very least Peter Andrew James John and Matthew now I haven't dug too much into researching all these pieces why which is why I say we're just filling in the blanks but I think that it is entirely possible that Matthew lived in Capernaum and if so then it would be entirely possible that Matthew and Peter knew each other and it would then be entirely possible that Peter didn't like Matthew since we know what Jews thought about other Jews being tax collectors and that is they were not loved they were often hated viewed as a special kind of sinner because tax collectors were known for collecting more taxes than were necessary and pocketing the profit so if you were a Jewish tax collector collecting taxes for the Romans you were stealing from your own people we have the story of Zacchaeus the tax collector a sinner and after Jesus visits him and he believes he promises that he will give back to those he stole from we also have the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector who is grouped together with the likes of extortioners unjust and adulterers so today let's speculate that Jesus calls Matthew to follow him and then Peter and Andrew and James and John well they see Matthew and imagine how they felt about him now that they've been called into ministry together I mean think about the taxes that Peter would have had to just pay Matthew for that large catch of fish that Jesus had done for them well actually Peter didn't pay anything because he left the boat and the fish and followed Jesus instead the reason that I focus on this uncertain part of the story is because while the fishermen may have had a problem with the tax collector they're all sinners they're no different than us and if it's true that they knew each other beforehand and maybe didn't like Matthew we don't hear about it we don't see it because it's not the important part of the story the important part is that Jesus called sinners he called those who were unworthy to come and follow him as Jesus goes on to say to those Pharisees and scribes who questioned why he ate with tax collectors and sinners Jesus says those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick I came not to call the righteous but sinners anyone who is righteous holy perfect has no need for Jesus and when we look at Paul writing in Romans chapter 3 we know that no one is righteous not even one only Jesus Christ is righteous that's why he does the calling that's why he calls sinners which is everyone because as Paul goes on to say no one understands no one seeks for God all have turned aside together they have become worthless no one does good not even one in our sin we all turn away from God we flee from his righteousness and we cling to our own sinful nature we don't choose God 
we choose sin. And we can't choose God in our sin. That's why Jesus needed to come to call us, to work faith in us by the Holy Spirit, to give us the power to believe. Because without him, we aren't just worthless. We are doomed to death. We are doomed to hell because the punishment for our sin, for our unrighteousness, is condemnation. It's eternal death. It's damnation. Being forever separated from the one who came to save us. That is Jesus Christ. And by his perfect life, by his perfect sacrifice on the altar of the cross, he was able to die for all who are unrighteous, for all people, for the forgiveness of all of their sins. The righteous one died for the unrighteous. The one who was without sin died for all those with sin. And he rose from the dead, giving us the assurance that our sins are forgiven, that death does not have the final word, that Christ our Savior has the final word, and he said that it is finished. And he has conquered sin, death, and the devil, and won for us our salvation, our eternal life. He did what we are unable to do. He came to call sinners. He came to call Matthew. He came to call you and me. He came to call us to faith, to forgiveness. And he came to call us to be with him forever in paradise, heaven. And last week, Pastor Brad talked about the beginning of our Christian journey. And I made a little map of this kind of together, which starts with faith. And for many of us, that begins at our baptism. And then the end is everlasting life. It's heaven. And sometimes we only focus on that end result, heaven. But what happens in between matters. What happens in the middle matters. What we do here on this earth matters. That's why Jesus calls sinners. He calls them to follow him, to serve him, and to be fishers of men. We've seen him call Peter, Andrew, James, and John, and today it's Matthew. Sinners called by Jesus. So too it is with us. We are sinners. We are unworthy to serve God, yet he still calls us to follow him. And if we go back to the connection of Peter and Matthew— Sometimes, if not all the time, we have to work with people in ministry who may not like us. I mean, they may have a problem with us. I mean, they may think that we are like Paul, the worst of sinners, the foremost of sinners, as you heard in our New Testament reading today. And I know that I am the worst of sinners. Yet I'm still called into ministry with other sinners. Sinners who may not be easy to work with, to minister to. But the same can be said for all of us. We are sinners. We're not easy to work with. We're not easy to minister to or to do ministry alongside. 
Yet Jesus still calls each and every one of us. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that we can easily put our differences aside. I mean, after all, Matthew, the tax collector, isn't the one put in charge of the finances of the group. Then again, it's the thief Judas. But the point I want to make with this hypothetical, potentially realistic scenario is that if there was a previous conflict, disdain, for Matthew from the likes of Peter, Andrew, James, and John, we don't see it. We don't hear about it. And maybe that's because the focus isn't on them. It's on Jesus and the mission, the calling that he has given to them to come and follow him, to be fishers of men. And because that becomes the focus, making disciples of all nations, that's what matters, and that's what we hear about. And sometimes it's possible that we get so caught up in the conflicts that we have with others, well, we lose sight of the mission, the calling that Christ has given to us. Now, I'm not saying that we don't seek to resolve the conflict we have with others when it occurs, that we, you know, just sweep it under the rug or that we avoid it. But maybe it's possible that there was a moment, maybe it's even why, maybe it even happened when they were at Matthew's house here. Maybe it's possible that Jesus brought Matthew to the group of disciples and said, hey guys, you might know him. This is Levi. I've called him too. And he's just like you. And Peter, he's just like you too. Sinners who I love and forgive and sinners whose lives I've changed. Because we remember Peter in Luke chapter 5 saying to Jesus after that miracle catch of fish, which was our gospel reading last week, he said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And this is familiar to the call of Isaiah, which we heard in the Old Testament reading. Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips. Jesus still called them. So imagine that Jesus brings Matthew to the others, and they realize they're both sinners. But Jesus has called them both to serve him. And so they, they don't avoid conflict. They don't sweep it under the rug. They don't deal with it. But they forgive one another. They work together. And sure, later on, they have a conversation about who they think is the greatest. But after Jesus' death, we see them all together. And we know that on Pentecost, they work together and they share the good news of Jesus Christ with all of those people who were there. That's because Jesus has changed them. And what happens in the middle matters. What happens after the call to faith and to follow and before we are welcomed into heaven, into the Savior's loving arms, the mission of Christ matters. Now, what is the mission or calling of Christ for us? To make disciples of all nations, to baptize and to teach, to love and forgive all people because we have first been called and baptized and taught, and loved, and forgiven by Christ. 
when the mission and calling of Christ takes priority in our life by faith, then there's no conflict or issue or struggle that can't be resolved when Christ is at work in the lives of his faithful people. We are sinners who Christ loves and forgives and changes. Sinners who he has called to himself. And in his death and his resurrection, he has freed us from the reign of sin in our life and called us to live our lives for him. Called us to follow him, to love him and others, to share the good news. And he has given us the gift of eternal life by faith. He changed our lives so that he can use us to change the lives of others. Just like he did with Peter and just like he did with Matthew. And it is through God's power, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that we are able to do what he has called us to do. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.